you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Well, today we come to our last episode about the end of the age. Jesus talking about what's going to happen at the end. And he's talking about sheep and goats. Sheep and goats. Oh, we've heard this before. And how do you know if you're a sheep or a goat? I think that's a very important question. And I'm hoping that we'll we'll find find out out today on More More Than Than Ink. Well, a wonderful good morning to you. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we are sitting here this morning with our coffee. Well, I've got my coffee. <laughs> I just you, finished you mine. You finished your coffee. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but in a very relaxed context, I should say. You know, we like to sit and talk about the Word, read the Word, and, and we think that's why you're with us as well. So if you have been with us, we have been in... Uh, uh, been talking about the end of the age. So at the beginning of chapter 24 of Matthew, his apostles ask him, let us know all about the end of the age. And he has spent two chapters. And we're going to finish that today. I've chopped it into six sections. And we're going to look at the sixth and last section, last section today as we talk about the end of the age. Well, and each one of those sections kind of builds on the one that went before. Exactly. And, yeah. and what we just read before this, what we talked about last week, was that the end of the parable of the talents, right? Where the bottom line there is, what did you do with right. the master's resources? In the time right? coming up to the return. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and the end of that parable that says, you know, the worthless servant will be cast out. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the the worthwhile servants, the ones after the master's heart, will enter into his joy. Yeah. So yeah. you know it might be good because the, this passage just picks up without a breath on the end of that parable. Yeah. Might be good if we yeah. read those last two verses that come just before it. Sure. Yeah. Um, this is verses twenty nine. Um, yeah, Matthew twenty five. Jesus says, For to everyone who has shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But the one who does not have, even what he does have, shall be taken away, and cast out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, so there's so, a real, a real know, judgment, a real weighing coming. And what did the one category of servants have? Well, they had their master's heart. They mm-hmm, had their master's mm-hmm. interests. They, they sought his purpose, and they entered into his joy. And so they received more of that. And I think we see that kind of underscored in this next passage that oh, we're going to talk absolutely. about today. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. In you know chapter 24, where we started the discussion, he talked about signs leading up to the return. Mm-hmm. And then in 25, which is where we are now, he talks about what happens at the return. Right. right. So, so we talked, to, but he talked in parables to start this return stuff, the 10 virgins, and then what you're talking about, the talents. Mm-hmm. And those are parables. And today, as we get into the last section of what happens when he returns, this doesn't look like a parable anymore. It doesn't really actually fit kind of the pattern for a parable. No, but it is what, what's, what's, what will happen at his return. At his return, not leading up to, but at his return, what will happen. But he does use some um, some kind of word pictures, yeah, word pictures like parables contain. We've yeah. got sheep and goats. Yeah. 
So I don't want you to go full parable on this, but go full metaphor on what's going to happen. So that's this is the tricky business about seeing this. This isn't his return is not metaphorical. It it is really going to happen. And well, so and that's, we'll we'll see at the end of it that his his bottom line is the same. Exactly. Right. There's exactly. two destinations. Yeah. Exactly. So, so let's take a look. This is our final time to look at the end times. And uh, we're jumping in at verse 31 of chapter 25. Hey, so you want me to read? take us away. Okay. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Okay, wait. We got to stop right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> because Jesus just bang starts right into this saying the son of man when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he will sit on his throne. Well Jesus has referred right. to himself as the son of man yes. all the way through Many his times. ministry. Many times. So this is an outright claim to being the one described in Matthew or in Daniel yeah. 7. Yeah, yeah. I'm the son of man. I'm coming back. The angels are coming with me and I will sit on a throne and judge. And that part is not is not a parable. That's a no, for real. It's That's for real. That's for real. But in order for us to understand kind of how this is going to happen, he says before him will be gathered all the nations and he'll separate them as a mm-hmm. shepherd. So that's where we go right. to the mer- metaphorical. But this is real. So the re- the reality is, and we've said this before, there is a date on God's calendar right. when this return will happen. And that date, the exact day is not known by anyone except the Father, but it is going to happen. And when he does return, his angels will come with him, which is which is a very strong statement of the, the power of heaven in that sense. And he'll sit on his glorious throne. I mean, th- there will be no denying the fact that this guy is in charge of like right. everything. Everything. Right. And then he'll assemble all the nations in front of him. Wow. So, you know, back in Daniel 7, in Daniel's vision, he says, I saw one like a son of man coming. And then in verse 14, he says, and to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that yeah, all yeah. the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. Yep, yep. So, you know, <laughs> for those who knew their Old Testament or knew their scriptures, because that's all they had, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. they would have heard the echo of this. Right. In, in what Jesus was it saying. It would sound very familiar to them mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. And and Jesus, like you're saying, is putting himself in the position of this very important son of man who has this authority. And I might add, you know, as we go on, he assembles the nations. Uh, in, in chapter 24, verse 14, he said, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole right. world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Right. Well, here we have it. The end will come and all the nations are there. Well, and the, and the interesting thing is now when he, he sets up this little picture, um, he'll the separate the people yeah. from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So, right. you know, there's no question about there whether they are sheep or goats, mm-hmm. and they don't get to self-identify at this right. point. He separates the shepherd them. separates them because he, he knows. Right. Now, we on one of our trips to Israel, we were we were in a place where our guide pointed out a flock on the side mm-hmm. of the mountain. I don't know whether you remember this, and it was all these kind of mixed animals and somebody asked, "Well, are those sheep or goats?" And she said, "Well, they're both there. They're both. They're all yeah. mixed together." But the shepherd knows who's who 
even though they all kind of sometimes look the same. Yeah, right. And they all feel like, well, we're all one flock. Right. And they're all feeding in the same yeah. place. And But as we find out as the story unfolds, that they are not behaving the same way. So he's saying that all mankind can be separated into two essential species in a way. Right. There's something essentially different about these two. So let's find out how he separates them, what his criteria is. Okay. Yeah. He'll place the sheep on his right. This is verse 33. He'll place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king, okay, the one on the throne, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. You want to stop there or go on? Sure, yeah, let's stop right there. Yeah, let's pause for a minute. Yeah, there's a couple of fascinating things. For one, the kingdom that he's separating them into has been prepared since the foundation of the world. Right. Like this was the original intention of God is to populate this kingdom with these ones. So he's inviting them, come in now and inherit what I prepared for you. This sounds to me like a a kind of a, a deeper layer of meaning on the previous parable when the master says to the servants who have invested his his uh his resources, his resources right, well right. come and enter into the joy of your master right the preparation so right. this this has always been the plan this has always been the plan and it's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world so this also hints at the fact that god knows who will respond to the mm-hmm. message he, he he sees who will respond to the message which makes sense if if indeed he is a timeless being which we, which he is based on the language he speaks especially in the old testament then he can look at the the entire timeline of humanity and he sees who's coming in. So he's basically saying, these are the ones who are going to come to this kingdom I prepared. Now, it's interesting what his criteria are. It starts in 35. Uh, he doesn't say that you fed hungry people. He said, I was hungry and mm-hmm. you gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked. You clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Which, of course, raises a fascinating question, which they're going to ask in response. <laughs> they are going to ask. <laughs> right. how, how is it that the king who, who fashions this kingdom is the one who was in such a needy place? Right. Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? Well, don't you think that connects back to him saying, I, I am the son of man. Mm-hmm. I'm deeply identified with these human beings who are created in my image and likeness. Right, right. And and in another sense, I look at this as parents as well. You know, if, hmm. if my uh, if my daughter w- was traveling someplace and someone gave a kindness to her because her car, you know, ran out of gas or something, and they did something nice for her, I would, I would thank that person and say, thank you, you did that for me. Yeah because of my love for her and your love for her as well. So it's really easy for us to understand what he's talking about. And that's what he's going to say in a second. If you loved the ones that I loved, you've loved me. Right. Yeah. And if you love them the way I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So let's read on, because then in the verse 37, the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry when? and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you, sick or in prison, and visit you? And the king will the king. answer them, yeah. truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Yes. Yes. So this is really interesting to me that these sheep, they're not even conscious of the fact that they've been doing, they've been like their shepherd. Right. Right. Well, they they have been demonstrating the behavior of the heart of the shepherd himself. 
So this really strongly implies that the sheep themselves somehow have gone through a transformation where their interests are the same as the interests of the shepherd himself. Right. And, you know, when we look in the New Testament, Paul calls that sanctification. Mm. But it's the fact that we're being made continually into the likeness of his son, which means not that we'll physically look like Jesus, but the fact that the things that drove Jesus' heart, his love for mankind, we will share that. And, you know, in our, in before we come to Jesus, we don't have that kind of interest and concern for other people. We are, we are so selfishly oriented. (laughs) that we couldn't give a rip about other people in need. But the fact that our hearts have been transformed and we love these ones, that the king here calls the least of these my brothers, which means they have no no sense of power or authority or any kind of standing in the world. These are the ones who have nothing. And yet our hearts are poured out to him just like the father would because these are his children. Yeah, so we've been transformed. We've been acting like him. We're like him. Well, and that set me thinking about about John 10, verse 11, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, right? And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, these sheep are like their shepherd. Mm -hmm. Somehow they have been transformed so that they also are other-oriented, loving, self-giving. They have the heart of their shepherd. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people look at this and say, well, this is kind of an odd, it's an odd criteria. I mean, it, it, so he's going to make a judgment just based surely upon their moral kindness? Well, you know what? That is actually an ancient idea that God God weighs actions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Actions as a reflection of the heart. And a couple of verses came to mind for me um, because I had been studying um, the Song of Hannah, earlier this mm, week. Mm. Hannah says in her song after at the birth of Samuel, she says in verse 2, this is in 1 Samuel 2, um, 2, 3, boast no more so very proudly. Don't let arrogance come out of your mouth for the Lord is a God of knowledge and with him actions are weighed. Exactly. Right? Yep, yep. And then Proverbs picks that up, right? Proverbs 16, 2 says, all the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's an even better one in Proverbs 24. And I love this because it relates to the goats. And Proverbs <laughs> twenty four twelve says, if you say, see, we didn't know this, does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? And does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? Right. Right. right so right. the work as evidence of the heart condition. Yeah. And yeah. that's what's in view here. Yeah. Because, you know, Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. Right. Their, their hearts may be opaque to you and me. But he says, if you want to see an indicator that's more truthful than anything else, see what they do. Because that's not a new idea no, with Jesus. Not a new this idea. is an ancient, ancient idea right, that right. a man's actions betray his heart. Well, and you know, hypocrites are ones who say one thing and do right. something else. Which is the truer? Is it what they say or what they do? Right. It's what they do. It's what they do. Because you can talk up a great storm, but it's what you do right. that really matters. And especially what you do when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're talking about taking care of the least of these are my brothers. Right. This is something that happens in obscurity. You don't see right. a lot of this. You're People not praised for sees. this. Yeah, yeah, you know, that kindly thing where you feed someone who's who's hungry or thirsty. Yeah, this, yeah, this, is, this is done in a sense just because that's how your heart is, not because yeah. you're looking for some kind of reward. You know, there's another interesting thing here that caught my attention, and that is that when this king separates the sheep and the goats, he puts the sheep on his right. That's important. 
Mm-hmm. And the right hand position, mm-hmm. we, we say the right hand man mm-hmm. does acts mm-hmm. out the will of the one who's in charge, right? right? right. So these sheep that are on the right hand are functioning as the uh, executive officer sort yeah, of yeah. of the shepherd, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're doing what the shepherd commands. Right, right. Yeah, the right hand was always not just the favored position, but the representative right. position of the king. Yeah, so so that's just that that right and left stuff is not a small point here. It's it like wasn't lost on the audience yeah, either. They got it. They got it. they got it. The king will answer him truly. I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it for me. You did it to me. That's a fascinating thing. That's a fast. So really, in the summary, we don't see a lot of people here who are trying to earn their salvation. By doing no, good works. They're just doing what is coming out of their hearts. What we see is something that's, yeah, naturally an outgrowth right. of heart, their heart. This is the fruit of a transformed heart. Well, and it sort of seems like they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. Right? Because yeah. well, when did we see you? I mean, yeah. we were doing all these things, but when did we see you doing it? Right, right. Yeah, because if they saw Jesus himself on the side of the road in need of Of course <laughs> they'd do it. They'd say, well, we better do this because he's in charge. <laughs> you know, he's the, he's the king. We better do this. No, you did it for the least of these. And, you know, it, it couples together in my mind why it is that, that that guy that came to Jesus and asked, what's the most important commandment? Mm, and, mm-hmm. and the response was, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, all that you are. Love God with all that you are. And, and you're Neighbor and your neighbor as, as yourself. yourself, and that's that, those are coupled together. Not just because you know they're commandments, but because if indeed we love God, we will love the ones that God loves, and we will love the way He it, loves it's them. The same way He loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just back to the same thing with me and my daughter. It'd be the same thing. You know, someone who exhibits the same kind of love for her and care for her that I would is someone who has the same heart as me. So it makes it makes a ton of sense when you look at it. So. The measure here to find out who's a sheep is the one who actually acts like the king would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's not something that they earned. That's something that God worked in them, transformed in them. We got to be quick to say. But I, I want to just make sure people don't think this is someone trying to earn their salvation by right. doing as much good right. things as possible. Because, because these things he even talks about are things that are done in obscurity. Right. So right. you're not going to be seen for them. Okay. Well, let's go. Wait, to, let's, let's talk about the goats. The flip side. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Verse forty-one. Then, after he's dealt with the sheep, right? Then he will say to those on his left, "Depart from me, you cursed." into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Oh my goodness. Whoa, that's severe. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Mm. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So the first, the the sheep, they go to the kingdom prepared for them Mm -hmm. since the foundation of the world. And these goats go to eternal fire, which has also been prepared by from the beginning of everything, but prepared for the devil and his angels. Who, you know, the nature of the devil is the opposite of God, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He wants to usurp God's place. Right. To be worshipped instead of to worship. Yeah. um, To, to control instead of to submit to the, 
godship, the lordship of the king. Yeah, and he's full of himself. He's selfish. Yeah. I want to. I want to be like the Most High God. You know. Also, you know, when Jesus talks about the the contrast between the good shepherd and the bad shepherd, remember he talks about yeah. that. He says the good shepherd, you know, he came to bring them abundant life, but the bad shepherd, which yeah. is the devil, came to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, his his intentions are are not well meaning for no. people. <laughs> They're exactly the opposite. So, but but what's fascinating here is that these goats we do not see steal, killing, and destroying here. We just see them being indifferent. Yeah, we see them neglecting. Ne- neglecting. Yeah, it's not it's not active mistreatment about those who are in need. It's it's just a neglect and an indifference. To the them. interesting thing to me about the goats is that they didn't even see that they weren't doing it. So right, I, and they really didn't care. Not aware. They yeah. were just unaware. They were right. Up, up, well, kind of. You have to fill in the blank here. Totally consumed with their own stuff. Yeah, when you're selfishly oriented, you just don't see being a needs. Goat. Yeah, you don't see needs around you. And love itself is the turning around of selfish orientation to selfless to seeing others. So right. clearly, the goats here, instead of being loving, which is outward looking to the needs of others were inward looking to themselves and so they didn't even see it that's why so i just find it fascinating the problem here isn't active malevolence it's just indifference it's just neglect and total self-orientation total self-orientation yeah and you just totally miss it you totally miss it okay so that makes me think there's a funny meme going around on the internet where it says you know i'm done being a person i want to be a goat because i want to just jump around <laughs> all day and have fun i want to eat whatever i want whenever i want it and i want to headbutt anybody who disagrees with me oh my gosh is that not the nature of a goat that's a goat right? all right i want to eat what i want i want to do what i want i want to disregard everybody and if you disagree with me well too bad for you <laughs> Uh, that's it's all that about is, me. If, you know, any, all you have to do is observe little goats and you'll right. see that. Right. <laughs> Clearly not displaying the heart of the king or the father and not in a loving way, just totally absorbed with themselves. Yeah, totally absorbed with themselves. It is interesting, though, that these ones who neglect the needs of mankind, neglect the needs of the ones that God loves, uh, are are lumped in with the devil and his angels, the demons. Mm-hmm. And uh it seems severe to me because if it was if it was highly malevolent, it would make more sense to me. But actually, it's not. When you completely don't see people around you that could be loved and have needs cared for, you might as well be malevolent. Well, and it touches on, again, as I said this earlier, that those whom God created in his own image and likeness, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. A disregard for human beings created in the image and likeness of God who are worthy of being loved simply because they are God's creation. Right, right. right. And the ones who disregard that and pursue their own ends are like the goats. Yep, yep. So in these last couple minutes, uh, let's just wrap up Matthew 24 and 25, the end of the mm. age. And this this closing comment is the fact that when he does return, there's going to be a separation of all the nations between the sheep and the goats, the ones who dis, who display the heart and character of God, and I would say transformed by God himself, and those who very selfishly don't even see needs in other people's lives. Well, and there's been this recurring theme of this day is coming. It's coming, It right. will come. The master will return. The mm-hmm. wedding will happen. The, uh, you know, the, the day is on the calendar. And there will be a judgment, a discernment between these and those. Yeah. And right. there's only two options. Uh, yeah, exactly. A great day of justice mm-hmm. is coming as well. And uh, and and we talked in uh, 
the earlier part of this chapter about what do we do between now and then? Because what when that right. happens, that's going to be a big deal. So what do we do between now and then? Well, a lot of the message we just read here today and in the previous couple of weeks is about is about the fact that the day is inevitable and it's coming. And what do you do to prepare your hearts and what do you do with your hands between now and then? And that's largely what we can do as as we approach that day. It is, it's you know, the day of the Lord in the Old Testament is a terrible day because mm-hmm. there's great judgment coming and. And uh, a great number of people in humanity will find themselves to be goats and they don't even know it because they're saying to themselves, well, I don't do bad things to people. But here they didn't either. They were just neglectful and indifferent to those who were in need. They were consumed to themselves. And in a couple of these parables, we have the servants, right? When the master Mm -hmm. leaves them in charge and says, you know, just keep doing your assignments until I get back. And then the other parable where he left them specific resources in order to be utilized for gain when he comes back. There will be this day of reckoning. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing with the time? Are you pursuing God's purposes, God's love, God's kingdom coming in this world? Or are you pursuing your own kingdom and your own purposes? (laughs) And just completely devoid of any notice of what's going on. And just not paying attention to anybody else. Yeah. And yet here's this whole, there's this whole raft of mankind that are in need, that need to be loved. And uh, we don't care because we don't have the Father's heart. We don't love. We don't love. But those of us who've given our lives to Jesus, he is transforming our heart. And we find ourselves loving in ways that we never would have before. And that that speaks of God's presence in our life. And his transforming because of his spirit. Well, okay. So there's one more element I want to touch on. And that is that from early on in chapter 24, Jesus had said to them, now, this is coming. It's going to happen. Be Mm -hmm. ready. Be on the alert. But don't be afraid. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Expect it and be ready. It's coming when you're not looking for it, but you do not have to live in fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at the end of the age with that kind of fear. And they'll especially read about the tribulation we read right. about earlier right. and say, well, what's going to happen to me in the tribulation? I don't like the sound of this. You don't have to be concerned about that. God's got this all figured out, and you're not going to fall through the cracks of his plans right. at the Jesus end of the said, age. Right. Uh, the, if you're in my hand, you're in the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Nobody can snatch you That's out right. of the Father's so hand. So do not fear. But now you've been now you've been informed about what's going to happen. Jesus gave us two chapters. Right. And if anyone asks you what's going to happen at the end of the age, tell them, let's go to Matthew let's 24. Let's go read Matthew 24 <laughs> and 25 together. Well, next <laughs> time time's up. we're going to come back and we're going to go back into the narrative in Matthew. We're going to look at the plot to kill Jesus. And that's going to rear its ugly head as we come back next time. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're glad you're with us. And we glad, we're glad that you're understanding and your hearts are settled about the end of the age. Mm-hmm. Jesus is indeed coming back soon. We'll see you next time on More, More Than, Than Ink. There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you are there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. There we are. Got your coffee? Got my coffee. This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.